In today's world, we are increasingly dependent on technology. Our business and personal lives rely on it, but as you've probably noticed, it's unreliable. They promise it'll get better, but it usually gets worse. Our computers are slow, so we end up squinting at smartphones and tablets. We live in constant fear that something's going to happen to our personal data. So we're scared into paying for fake protection that proves useless when disaster strikes. Update attacks, fake Wi-Fi, cloud control, and other industry scandals are designed to keep the money flowing. The jokers we pay to fix our stuff have no clue what they're doing, so they do a virus scan and then wipe out our precious photos. Intelligent, successful people feel intimidated by the chaos and think it's somehow their fault. If they only knew what the industry was doing to them, they'd get torches and pitchforks. If only we had someone to explain it all in plain English so we can start protecting ourselves. Oh wait, we do! It's the Computer Exorcist Podcast with your host, Mark Anthony Arena. From the Wallace Memorial microphone in my home office, overlooking the hills of western New York, it's the Computer Exorcist Podcast. My name is Mark Anthony Arena. I am your host, and thanks so much for joining me. Today we have another special guest. His name is Anthony Klosterman, and he's one of my buddies, and I look up to him greatly, and he's just one of the more fascinating people you will hear on this show. Um, he is also an escapee <laughs> of Rochester. <laughs> and actually, I have yet to tell, I got to tell you later on, you should look up the Flyover Plates podcast, Anthony. Yes. Um, did I tell you about them? You told me about that. Okay, it sounds good, delicious. Good. Yeah. yeah, you got to look it up. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's, it's about garbage plates and I'm the co-host and it's great. So anyway... Um, so glad to welcome you to the show. How are you? I'm doing great, Mark. Thanks for having me on here. Yeah, tell us about yourself. Yeah, so as Mark, as you mentioned, uh, you know, I'm a former Rochesterian. My Most of my family is still back in Rochester, but my oh, wife and I people. kind of... Em- em- <laughs> we embarked on an adventure for warmer weather and, um, you know, just fewer laws, I think. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if that backfires or not. Um, probably not. We are currently in Southern Missouri. Uh, we have five, five kids and number six is on the way. Um, so it's keeping us busy and, uh, yeah, just, just loving life, loving each day the best we can and, uh, learning constantly learning. I think that's something that I've learned from you is, you know, you're always curious to figure out what's going on and, and, uh, you know, take take risks based on what you learn. <laughs> you must have caught me on a good day because most of the time it's I don't want to learn anything else. I just want to retire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then you're trying to figure out learn how to retire successfully. So that's you, that's another yeah. You figured it out. That's my actual motivation. That's the only reason I'm a workaholic is so I can stop working. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But at the same time, you love, you love what you do enough or you love the impact you make enough. I think that's what you're, 
you're trying to learn how to let go of that. Not to psychoanalyze you, Mark, but uh, <laughs> I know you. I know you well enough, right, to know yeah. that you you love what you do, uh, or what you love the effect of what you do and how it helps people, and you can never step away and abandon that unless you had a a plan B for everybody. You're spot on. You hit the nail on the head. I mean, that's it. I and and if you, when you hear last week's episode. Um, I had a guy on and we talked about how what motivates us was just liberating the clients from abusive situations and and that's exactly it and and the impact I live for that impact and yeah as much as I'd love to escape and retire to Aruba that's not happening until I can get some people in place wonderful yeah I know you've you're you're making some headway there so uh, really you know wishing the best yeah, thanks. So what do you what do you do for a living? What's going on now? <laughs> so I when you and I met, I was in I think you helped me out in 2018 with my personal computer issues. Yeah. Um you and I knew each other before that, but uh I was in church ministry in Rochester and I ended up getting into remote sales for a telehealth training company. And I still do that, and I still consult for them and uh, work with them on, on the sales processes and marketing and that sort of thing. So telehealth, that's, that probably blew up during COVID. That blew huh? up, yeah. So I, I got into that in the fall of 2019. Right Little before. did I know that churches <sighs> would shut down and that, and I felt bad. I had like survivor's guilt, true survivor's <sighs> guilt, because... Not only did I feel bad for leaving my my ministry that I was in full time, uh, but then those ministries were kind of shuttering up a little bit. So you got out right at the right time. I know from from one perspective, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I have to be grateful, uh, and I am you know totally grateful for that, and I'm grateful for uh, you know the the company that hired me and and gave me this opportunity to develop a new skill set in sales, a new skill set in, you know, building relationships um, that are, that lead to sales possibly. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. Or just that help people that I've never met before. So it was, it was really cool. It was a, it's been a cool experience. It's been a cool ride. Um, But yeah, so I, I wanted to, I think I might have mentioned to you, but this has all led to something new that I'm moving into right now. And that is, uh, I've taken a, a role as a, my role now is to help grow membership for a community of entrepreneurs, community of founders or executives in businesses and our company it's a nonprofit. it's a nonprofit organization called scent ventures um you know and these entrepreneurs are all catholic it's my my background it's kind of my my jam that you know i was already experienced in ministry working with people and in this background and so i'm helping to grow membership but also helping to grow each member right in their personal development professional development uh, by matching them with connections or coaches, with mentors, with a fellowship program, uh, whatever is going to best meet their needs to achieve uh, the the growth that they want. And I mean, and I'm meeting people from 
ministry world, like uh, nonprofits, people building venture capital funds, people in brick and mortar businesses, um, you know, just all over the place. Be people building uh, building apps or ed educational technology opportunities that are exploding right now. You know, it's just all over the place. And what unifies them is just, you know, that they're people of strong faith and uh, they recognize that their approach to business needs to be holistic. It can't yeah. just be about the bottom line. Yeah. So holistic for their own health, their family, but also for uh, the way they run their business, their employees. That's That's actually a really cool thing is I've had so many great conversations with founders and executives whose biggest goal is to figure out how they can run a business that truly cares or supports the calling of their employees. Even if it means that they're just readying their employees to move on to something new that, you know, if you really take care of the whole person that is employed by you, it's going to benefit everybody. It's going to benefit their families. It's going to benefit you. It's going to benefit your customers. Um, you know, it's, it's just a really cool thing. It's, it's very, we talked about, you know, being mission driven at another time you and I spoke about all these mission driven or values driven companies and how mm -hmm. that's a buzzword. Uh, so I'm, I'm meeting right. founders or every day they, now who they just yeah. proclaim them. They, they uh, yeah. brag about themselves. Look at us, look what all we're doing instead exactly. of doing the right thing when no one's looking. Sure. Yeah. They do. They use some Google analytics to find out what things they can say about themselves that oh. will drive traffic. Right. Oh, that's brutal. It's just, let's find out what keywords people admire. And then let's just say we do those things. Oh, it's brutal. It's brutal. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not everybody, but it's an, the, all the big brands do that. It's enough oh. to, it's enough to, to make you a little bit uh, cynical well, uh, and, about and right, anybody having values in business. Right. Uh, think about it. Like if I'm a company, right. Standing up for a, a uh, some kind of cause just because it's popular as opposed to standing up for a cause because it's right. Exactly. Oh. Exactly. Oh, wow. And, and, and side note, I just want to like comment on what you're saying, you know, the holistic approach, right? I, my aunt lives in a neighborhood down the street from me and it's all these great big houses and, and shiny, you know, houses built in the past couple of 20 years. And, mm -hmm. but, all of her neighbors she tells me these stories about most of the neighbors anyway they make big bucks right but their personal lives are a mess they're all divorced their kids are all just screwed up and they so in other words yeah you can go for that bottom line but you'll eschew the the yeah. rest of the aspects of your life right gain the world and sell your soul right aha well said and, and the other thing about the holistic approach, we, you and I have a, a family friend we know we were discussing earlier, and he was sent, um, he, he's an executive who was sent to Mexico to operate a factory that his company owned there. And what struck me, I mean, this was a long time ago when we were little, but it struck me, he told me, he said, Mark, I'm running this factory in Mexico but we're not going to make it a sweatshop. We're going to provide health care and dental care. And I think he even had like condos or apartments set up around there. I mean, he made sure he took care of these people because he knew they are he humans. They are people and they deserve to be taken care of. I love it. 
So yeah, I love it. Holistic approach there. Yes. Yeah, you can't view anybody as a commodity, even yourself. And, and you know what? Right. Those folks are saving him money. He was down in Mexico to save on labor that he would have paid in America. So what do you do for someone who saves you money? You appreciate them. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I know they, I'm sure they adored and appreciated him. Yeah, so true. <sighs> yeah, that's a great lesson. I mean, you know, as, as we see all these brands doing this and chasing the, I think I shared with you that the, in France, the monks at Chartreuse, I think they're in France. Or are they in Belgium? I can't remember. I always get mm-hmm. confused between who's in Belgium and who's in France. But um, the monks at Chartreuse, who are known for their liqueur, Chartreuse liqueur. Oh, right. They're Carthusians, and they're from the Chartreuse Mountains. I'm trying to figure out where that is. Um can't tell that i used to teach geography can you (laughs) did you yeah (laughs) um yeah so it's in it's in france um Mm -hmm. they they're during covid and and afterwards it's just like green liqueur or there's actually have different colors of them that all different colors they've got green chartreuse and the normal color and everything but everything was flying off the shelves and it brought them to full capacity Mm-hmm. Uh, with the facilities they have that they've had for centuries. I mean, they've been around for since uh, 1605. No, the recipes from 1605, wow. but they've been making it since 1737. Oh, wow. And so how do you get longevity with your company? It's by balancing out what really matters, right? It's by ignoring the things that are shiny, that are Those... glittery, urgent 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 things that actually yeah. don't matter that oh so ever, that's going to be in my next book i talk a little bit about yeah that, how i was a so, slave to that for so long yes yes please yeah i look forward to that i mean yeah so so these carthusian monks were given every worldly motivation every bit of advice from consultants and everything to scale their operation Mm-hmm. post covid because it just became the most popular thing ever and uh they chose not to they're like this is going to disrupt our balance uh of our way of life right now right they've got this sort of tripod of of work and that's making chartreuse uh their community life together in a in a prayer right so like the whole person they're mental health and spiritual health, their social health and relationships and, and the work that they do. And they didn't want to upset that balance. And so it was an easy thing for them to say, sorry, you know, it's, it's not everything. The bottom line is not everything here. Bottom line is so, not everything. That's the title for this episode. Got it. <laughs> yeah. So that's how you get, you know, 300 years of continued success. Wow. Right. That's right, right. That's that's right there. When people, why wouldn't you do that? Well, guess what? We've been stable for this long. We got to be doing something right. Wow. That's just oh, I, so many things I want to say about this. Um, the the fact. I mean, in in my another thing I say in my next book, in the earlier part of it, is is I I was back in 
07, I was trying to start a business, and mm-hmm. it was really a huge leap. And it was me putting all my eggs in one basket, putting all my hope into this thing, and it was going to bail me out, right? Here I was, a broke guy just out of college, and it was going to save me, right? And mm-hmm. I, I was like Icarus, right? The Greek legend of Icarus, where mm-hmm. he put on wings, wings and yeah. he tried to fly, but then he got too close to the sun and got burned mm-hmm. up. So they want to avoid that, that, that... Uh, that greed, so to speak, right? And and I say in, in the conclusion of that part of my book, it wasn't me outwardly grinning and yes, I'm going to be greedy, but it was still <laughs> greed, right? It was still an overexcitement. Sure. Um, I don't it's, know if you know. It takes on a different name, right? Sure. Gre- greed can take on different names, often to match whatever our insecurity is. Oh, that's right. the other thing. Right, right, right. So security versus insecurity. And that's, whatever that's whatever huge... it is, whatever your insecurity is, yeah, it'll it'll mask as the solution to that and take on a different name. Wow. wow. Right? Does that make sense? I'm wow. thinking just based on what you said. Mm-hmm. That... Oh, and that's just recently in life, in the past couple of years, I've become a little bit less insecure and more secure as a person. And it's incredible the stuff I turn down now, right? I used to just take any phone call or any anything as opportunity. Oh, it's an opportunity. I have to take it. But it, it never led anywhere. It was just me spinning my wheels. Um, but when you get to the point where you're just slow and steady, wins the race. And, and I, uh, one of the, my past episodes, I, recently I interviewed a lady named Kara Jean. And she was an advisor to me this year. And she said, Mark, what, I said, I want to do all these projects. What do I, I, I'm, I was scrambling. And she said, Mark, focus on your podcast. That's it. Focus on your podcast. Don't worry about anything else. And as soon as wow. I started focusing, I, I started gaining traction. Anyway, um, a couple years back, I want to say 2018 or so, Subaru was, I mean, they've been successful for the past 25 years or so. They've been really gaining success and uh, their reputation is, is catching on as they're, they're bulletproof cars and, and they're the best balance of sporty and efficient and affordable and reliable and so someone asked the executives at Subaru so are you guys going to expand and put more factories more factories more factories and the guy said no we're fine the way we are we're going to stay stable the way we are and we'll operate Mm -hmm. our our few factories that we have at full capacity rather than what a lot of companies do which is stretch themselves over stretch themselves yeah and they bring on consultants to restructure or which is you know (laughs) Uh, what do they say? Uh, take you know, we're gonna we're gonna take uh, three steps backwards to move five steps forward. And what they mean is you know letting letting go of you know their workforce and uh, just to oh. to bring in extra money. Right? Let's right. let's let go of three three individuals who are bringing in this much money to the business to restructure in a way that allows us to gain you know the equivalent of of five people and what they bring to the company. Um, right, and yeah, at right. this point, it's, it's all numbers. Even with those five, it's all numbers. Bring anything. Yeah, I mean, I how does, see it, how does chopping... it look on paper? Right, yeah. right. I could see chopping someone off if they're harming the company, but but right, they're sure. just doing it for the surface value, and it's it's yes. it's very they're pea brains. I I bark about this on my episodes about big tech. They're all pea brains. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, one one quick comment before we go to our article here. Um, I took a walk with my neighbor yesterday, and I, I was trying to explain to him what I do and how I need to scale, right? I have these great ideas, but it's just me driving around myself, and I need to scale, and I need to teach people. And we were going around and around and around, and he said, Mark, I could put on events for you. 
I could do promotions for you and you could have big events and you could get a bunch of people in the room and they'll pay for tickets and you sell them your book and then you have all your vendors come in and and that's cool. And he said, you're going to make so much money and blah, blah, blah. And, and I've talked to a lot of people about that. And that's cool. And maybe I'll do that someday. But I said to him, or then he was talking about, you know, you got to do recurring revenue. And every every advisor I talk to, almost every one of them says, you got to do recurring revenue. You got to milk people. And I say, no, 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 no. Because I could be like... Uh, years ago when I was starting the business, I had a poker buddy and he said, Mark, my parents have a computer guy and he has a hundred clients and charges them 40 bucks a month. And I said, gee, Willikers, that's awesome. He makes 40 grand a year. Wow. I'd love to do that. But what I realized was instead of milking 40 people, I solve problems once and for all for people. And now I'm up to 1900 clients, right? Yes. So if you do the right thing, instead of milking them for petty fees, it goes somewhere. So anyway, and so I was telling my neighbor this, and and I said, look, I just need people. I just need to be in front of a room of people. Whenever I give a talk, people love my ideas. I just need to be put in front of people. And he goes, oh, I could do that. Uh, so he said, why don't you do a job training? And mm -hmm. I said, there you go. I said, my primary motivation is not to make money. My primary motivation is to help people. And if I could do job training for any of the handful of people suffering in Western New York and give them a rewarding career protecting people from big tech, that's my motivation. The money comes later. Yes, more than a handful of people. Yeah, I, right. I, zillions, I'll teach everyone. Right, right. I mean, all, all 12 people who are under 90 left in Western New York need a job. <laughs> yeah, I get some people coming, what are you talking about, 12 people? That's, what do you mean? There's more people. Like, uh, So you want to do, I, I figured we would just be so interesting. We would have little time for articles. I have a very quick article. Are you ready? Let's hear it. This is from the CatholicTV.com newsletter. They're they're out of Boston, and I get their newsletter, and they're wonderful. April 2023. Um, Jay Fadden, who's a director there, wrote an article called You Are Loved, and here's some highlights from it. There are many traps in today's world. People strive for bigger houses, expensive cars, jobs that pay more money. There's a huge addiction problem in the world with drugs and alcohol. On television and the internet, there are ads for products we do not need, but we want them so we fit in with today's society. Young people have it worse. They're bombarded with messages to look better, dress provocatively, think a certain way, and they're listening and reacting in a negative way. So why are we doing all these things and buying too much or acting against our own moral code? The answer is quite easy. We want to be loved. All of us want to feel special, and we want to know that we matter. Unfortunately, we live in a world that says love is based on your possessions or acting in a certain way. You have talents and gifts that set you apart, whether anyone else sees them or recognizes them. I I'll leave it. it at that. What do you think? There's a lot to unpack here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is a lot to unpack here. I try to turn you know, off the spam for people and the distractions, distractions, all these computers, all yeah. distractions and spam. It is. Yeah. I think that the, that advertising and fashion and, you know, um, tech industries, they're all playing on this desire people have to, to love or be loved, to be, um, thought of, to be included 
And, but, you know, something that, especially, you know, any of, of your listeners that are a little bit more philosophically inclined and want to go a little deeper into this, there's some really great research being done by a guy named Luke Burgess, Luke Burgess, B-U-R-G-I-S. And it's all about uh, desire Mm -hmm. and where does our desire, so uh, mimetic desire is what he calls it. So it's analyzing mimetic, meaning I think imitation. So think about uh, when you're dating someone and they're avoiding you or they are playing hard to get, they're very desirable. The moment that then they start to show a lot more affection then sometimes that desire can decrease, right? Oh, I'm 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 right. I'm Jerry Seinfeld when it comes to that. <laughs> exactly. But then imagine yeah. that individual. Imagine that All girl breaks sudden, up I'm with not you, right? Because they're not mysterious. Imagine, yeah. So imagine she breaks up and she starts showing interest in other people. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, that person becomes so much more attractive again. Because you and fear on missing out. Is that part right? of it? Part of it is that you've now made that individual a model for what it means to be uh to be happy you're now you, you you now want them because they've achieved what appears to be what it is that you want right so they've they've achieved a new relationship or they've achieved this connection or whatever it is and now you've created in like now you want them because they it's it's like when um it's like when you're looking from a distance at a club or a group of popular kids at school, Mm -hmm. what is it that makes someone want to be part of that inner circle? It's, it's not just because, you know, you'll think you'll be cool or this or that. It's like, I think it's that you think that by imitating those people, you're going to be liked or included or, loved as much as they are the desire right? to be loved right when in reality yeah, exactly we we have the the innate peace inside of ourselves right that inner peace yeah um well we don't need a lot of this external stuff exactly so I, I might be misrepresenting a lot of this but i think basically there's a natural part of us that just wants to imitate a model um who's achieved something that we naturally desire Okay, right. and I'll tell so, you something. Like in high so, school, so, so I was... TV. That's what they yeah. do, right? Isn't that what they do? Like they they'll they'll have someone who seems to have it all together, who's attractive. They don't just show you Doritos and make you hungry for Doritos. They show someone who's more attractive than you, wanting Doritos. Uh oh, wow. So if you can, if you you know, to be like that person, you also want Doritos now. Whoa! Isn't I mean, that crazy? I'm, wow, that's I'm kind of mind blowing, right? Like we had, there was this restaurant downtown, and he would just show a bunch of his platters on a table, and the camera would pan across them, and and that was that, right? And that was good enough for me. But apparently, yeah. people need need to be brainwashed, and, and that's what blows my mind is I don't want to be brainwashed, and I don't want to. It's just here's my product; it's good on its own. Yeah, exactly. Wow. And, and, and side note there, as far as wanting to be cool, like in high school, I always tried and tried and tried too hard and, and I was never cool. But in college, I stopped caring what people thought about me. And then all of a sudden mm-hmm. I was the coolest kid in college. 
Absolutely. So it's the opposite. That's the antidote is not to follow all these things, right? And it, it goes sure. beyond like my my usual topics, right? When people, the people with the dirtiest computers are the ones who click on anything, right? Oh, you need to clean your computer. Click here, right? If you're if you're an AOL victim, uh, AOL themselves bombards their own clients with, oh, click here to clean your computer. It's probably dirty. Click here to clean your computer. You need this. Don't miss out. And <laughs> ironically, when you click on it, it destroys your computer. Gosh. Anything that claims to clean will destroy. So, and, and another topic in the book, I, while we're at it, is is if whatever you're doing doesn't work, try the opposite, right? If clicking on yes. all those things makes your computer worse, how about do the opposite and refrain from that and stop reacting to everything you see? My uncle taught me that. He said, Mark, don't react to everything. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> How's that? That's wonderful. That's great advice. I'm writing that down right now. Oh, cool, cool. Um, you know, it's it's common sense, but I think we often want to have a, the best solution to something. We we right. we have difficulty saying no to a problem. A problem arises, and it's like, well, I don't have the best solution, but I've got to do something. Well, you you don't necessarily. That's a good point. Like you don't have to react and scold someone or chastise no. them or get involved or intercept or intervene. No, you can you can observe and you can wait and you can see what the best course of action might be. It's probably not readily on hand. Mm -hmm. Same thing, right? As you're mentioning with technology, is we are quickly reacting to whether it's that desire to be loved you know if i have this newest iphone people are going to love me more just yeah. like they love that just like they love that person yeah right that's great but yeah but if i stop and i actually wait and i realize and i observe i realize that person's not happy despite having the iphone right that person's it's, not happy yeah. with their iphone they want something new now Right, it's one thing, Anthony. It's one thing if you get something nice and you truly enjoy it. Um, side note, I highly recommend Harry's Garage. Uh, it's on YouTube, Harry's Garage. He's an English guy, and he has a bunch of exotic cars. And he has his friends loan him exotic cars, and he truly, truly enjoys them. He takes them on rides. He doesn't pamper them in the garage all the time. He takes them on rides and tells you about them, and you see a true enjoyment on his face. Uh, so that's one thing. But right, if you're out there just buying whatever it is because it's new, we're all uh, people are slaves to that. Oh, I have to buy the new iPhone, and shame on you because you have an old one. I mean, you know me. I have a. You've been in my car. It's from 2004, and I actually have an <laughs> iPhone 4 or iPhone yeah. 5C on my uh, dresser that I just used to FaceTime my nephews. Absolutely. And I'm freaking yeah. happy. Absolutely. I use uh, my wife and I use uh, Pixel 3. We can get on a Google kick another time. I know that there's a, a lot to talk about there, but um, one nice thing is it's durable. It does everything that you'd expect a handheld supercomputer to do. Yeah. It's not the latest iteration. It takes amazing photos, so we haven't needed a nice camera or video camera for for ages. Um, what you know? What what else do you need? And one nice thing is that I, I like that you can configure all the security settings. Now, anytime you update or do anything new, it naturally wants to 
put back all the spy mechanisms that Google thrives off of, mm -hmm. but you can go back and reconfigure it at least. So yeah, I've got an old phone too. I just need it for my camera and my calendar and phone calls. That's it. Yep. There's actually a movement for that. I was reading somewhere that Gen Z is now ditching smart ditching smartphones for their Amazing. own health and well-being. Well, and they going, know they're that going they, to dumb phones. Yeah. If they want to survive, they have to do that because they'll be bombarded by this TikTok lunacy. Absolutely. There's another example of that. That, and I might be misrepresenting the the mimetic desire um, thing that that I brought up, but TikTok's another example. People doing absolutely ridiculous things. But getting tons of likes for it, right, right, and and that's it's it's not that it's yeah. a cool thing to do, right. right. So what drives it? I've, I've not been convinced that this is a smart idea, or that this is a cool idea. It's, yeah, it's yeah. just the desire to imitate this model, even if it's totally pointless, has no innate value. Absolutely. Final thoughts, Anthony. Yeah, I mean, final thoughts are. There's a lot out there that we don't need, as you said, you know, we don't oh, need to react or react to everything that comes across our, our field of vision. And uh, one example of this was you, uh, when I, I kind of hinted at this earlier in our conversation, but I had a laptop that I bought in 2014. And by the end of 2018, it was slow as molasses and I was ready to junk it. Like and everyone thought, on earth. That's yeah, what thought, keeps you know, me awake I'm, at night. Everyone's yeah, doing yeah. this. You know, it had a good Intel processor. It was, it's got a big screen, great keyboard still. It was just slow. So that's when, you know, I talked with you about it, and I don't even remember how I heard about you doing this, or we might have just already had conversations about it. But you, uh, you took like 30 or 40 minutes on a work day to clean up my computer that was five years ago that's still our family computer right mm -hmm. so what's 2023 right now yeah, so it's nine we've years had old. that we've had that laptop for nine years and it is phenomenal when one of my work com computers is having issues and i'm hosting a webinar or something i just go grab the family laptop and it's always more reliable uh -huh. um so that's how you know that's how i i became friends with you is realizing like you know, here's someone that actually cares about people. If you just spent, you know, if, if you were, if you were fixing people's equipment so that you'd have more equipment to fix, mm -hmm. I'd be concerned, but you're fixing people's equipment. So you, you, I haven't needed you for one thing since 2018. I mean, there've been, there've been times where I'm like, you know, I probably have some projects or things, but nothing urgent uh, because the family computer has been so reliable. <laughs> I'd probably have you out to take a look at it again because it has been getting a little slow due to probably updates and apps that we've put on there and things like that that I'm not sure what's causing the issues. Um, you know, I, I might bring it with me the next time I'm back in Rochester because I don't think you have a subsidiary out here in, in Missouri. But Not until um, you find me someone. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's just, you know, it's a true testament to what it is you're doing and how... Um, how calm you calmly you address someone's reaction to an apparent disaster like and no one's ever i've never been accused of being calm 
<laughs> but you're but not. I see you're, what you're saying. You, you know that you're not that... capitalizing on disaster the way that other people do. Oh, oh, you kidding me? All these dudes, and again, maybe they think in their defense they think they're helping you, right? Oh, you need to do an update. You need to do an update. And and I think the coolest thing was that you brought my menu back to like. I don't know if it was like the Windows XP menu the or whatever. Menu, it wasn't right. the start menu. You brought it back from the, uh, the I hated the Windows 10 menu that came with that computer. I call and it the abomination menu. It's you couldn't hibernate. You couldn't hibernate your computer or anything like that. It was, it was just and it, and it was just non-functional for getting to your programs. It was always displaying apps. Microsoft was constantly trying to sell you apps on right. the start menu. And that's why most people don't use their Windows machines anymore. They just leave them there to collect dust because they're slow and they have that abomination menu, so you can't get your work yeah. done. Most yeah, people on planet Earth. Yep. You even put Minesweeper back on there for me, <laughs> you know? So, <laughs> um, you know, that's, yeah, definitely that was a, a small investment for what I got out of it, you know, gained a better friend out of that. Cause I knew it was someone I could trust. Um, so definitely, you know, keep doing what you're doing and make sure that anyone that's uh, an apprentice to you has that same value. All right. Well, I think that's an episode. What do you think? Man, that's awesome. It's been great. Yeah, thank you so much for your, your thoughtful insight and all this deep wisdom you brought to the table today. I was not expecting to have an episode this good. Uh, thanks, Mark. All right. Talk to you next week and thecomputerexorcist.com. Buy my book for everyone you know and tell your friends about the podcast. <laughs>